Father, we thank you for those that have come and fellowship with us today in blessing your name. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for the songs that have been sung and lifting up your name. Father, we just want to thank you for just providing us this opportunity to be in this brand new location. And Father, as we look into your word, we ask that you will just reveal your glory to us in a more magnificent way. And Father, we just want to acknowledge your very presence here this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 New series. And the series this uh, season is called The Content Life. The Content Life. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, and what our uh, whole purpose in this series is we have to understand God's goodness allows us to be thankful for the gifts that he gives us. We have to understand that. That God's goodness allows us to be thankful for the gifts that he gives us. And we're going to be in a very familiar scripture for those that have been around church circles for a while. It's going to be in Luke, the 15th chapter. We're going to start that 11th verse. And in this 11th chapter of Luke, Jesus is bringing up a series of parables talking about how valuable things are. And he talks about the sheep that get separated from the other uh, 100 and how he, the, the shepherd will make sure that the 99 are taken care of and go wherever he needs to go and find that one. Talks about the lady who loses a coin out of 10 and she goes and cleans everything, take everything out the house and finds that coin. And he brings this up to try to get the Sadducees and the uh, Pharisees to understand how important things are to God. And then he kind of does this quick little change of direction starting at the 15th chapter, the 11th verse. And he says, verse number 11, he says, and there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. This is the English Standard Version. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. 
and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatty calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field. Remember there's two of them. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him and but he answered his father and said, look, these many years I have served you, and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatty calf for him. And he said to him, son, you have always been with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless the hearts of your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Very familiar story to the folks that have been around Christian circles and We've probably heard it said many different ways and different aspects pulled out of this. And I just want to just kind of go over it and re remind us of how being content allows you not to run into these types of situations. We have these two brothers. And... Doesn't it always seem like the youngest of the family always cause issues? They always stirring something up. They always doing something. The babies of the family like to do things. They don't like to do it the way everybody else do it. They just like to do it their way. Somebody with me, they understand. They just have to be different. They just want to be different. And we see it in this situation. One of the things that you can discover about the oldest children in most families, the oldest children come to a level of appreciation because they have gone through the parents because they were the initial experiment. They had to learn, the parents had to learn how to manage the child through the first one. So the first one traditionally got more correction than the younger. The, the first one usually didn't have as much as the children that came along later on. The first one was the example. The first one had levels of responsibility that the younger ones did not have to have. When I, I was the first, I'm the firstborn of my family, and I remember I, Mama would take a key and 
put it around my neck and said, once you come home from school, you unlock this door and you close this door and you don't let nobody in this house until an adult gets home. Back in the day, they called them latchkey children. And so my brother and my sister didn't have to do that. Why? Because I had to watch them when they came home. I had to make sure I was home first to make sure that they would be taken care of. But I'm not trying to throw off on birth order or anything today, but I just want us to understand there's different dynamic in this. And in the Hebrew culture, we have this situation where these two young men have different perspectives on the same situation. So we have to look at how our jobs, our our, our houses, our children, our spouses, our cars, our hobbies, our talents, and our health all have one thing in common. They are all a blessing from God. God has blessed us for these things. And the way we treat the blessings of God actually portrays how we think of God. Now, I think that we should be good stewards of anything that God gives to us. And I believe that you all think the same way. In the story of the prodigal son, and in case you didn't know, a prodigal is someone who does things excessively, does things with re reckless abandon. That's what the word prodigal means. So if somebody calls you prodigal, they're trying to say something about you. Yeah, there, should, there may be fighting words to you because they're actually talking bad about you. Jesus is telling the tale of two ungrateful sons in this set of scriptures and how their poor assessment of their inheritance led to their own misery and separation from their father. Their poor assessment of their inheritance led to their own misery and separation from their father. The younger son, listen to this, the younger son asked his father for his share of the inheritance while the father is still living. Y'all hear what I said? When are you supposed to get the inheritance? When they're dead. So in the time of Jesus, asking for an inheritance before your parents' death was equal to telling them that you wanted them to die. Can you imagine your youngest child walking into the room and says, I wish you was dead. Give me my money now. Now listen to this. And the dad still went ahead and did it. Somebody said, boy, no, he'd be dead. Okay. The son believes his father is standing between him and his happiness. And that he needs these funds in order to be happy. He takes all he can from his father and spends it on wild living. His brother, if you remember, his brother even went on to say he just was laying around with a bunch of prostitutes. The world is full of people who assume the blessings of the Lord are theirs for the taking. But we teach here that we are blessed in order to what? Be to be a blessing. 
that we take what God has given us and look at the opportunity to be a blessing to someone else because as we plant that seed of blessing into someone else's life, God says, you've been faithful over this? Let me give you a little bit more to be faithful with. So there are people that take their talents and their resources and waste them on simple pleasures. They waste their gifts on their own glory and their own pleasure and they find that it leaves them unfulfilled and most miserable. Back in the 60s, when some of y'all were born, there was this time where these musicians that were famous musicians would be doing very well and suddenly we would hear about them dying. Jimi Hendrix, one of the best lead guitar players ever, overdoses on drugs. We hear about Joplin, I can't think of her first name right now. Janis Joplin, ODs on drugs. Wonderful careers, successful careers, and next thing we know, they're dead. They go through and they're talented, they're successful, and they sought this fulfillment in doing things for themselves, and they found out that it was not fulfilling, so then they would resort to, I got to get to the next high, and the only way I can find that is through drugs and through alcohol, and they discovered that that was more terminal than it was fulfilling. Now, those are extreme cases, but this also happens on smaller scales. If we fail to appreciate and properly utilize our gifts, they will cause us to be empty, cause us to feel like we're not pursuing or moving into any direction. Spouses who think their families are impeding their happiness become workaholics. I've told y'all before, I've never heard a person on their deathbed say they wish they would have spent more time at work. It's always a desire they wish they would have spent more time with their family. And when they feel that their family is impeding their happiness, sometimes they leave never to return. Students who think that their college studies are a burden rather than an investment in their future will spend their time partying and waste their time in school. Misuse of our talents does not always result in death, but it often leads to broken relationships. It often leads to squandered opportunities, and it often leads to lost dreams. There's a story talking about a guy from New York City who was so much better than Michael Jordan in basketball. The guy started messing with heroin. He was going to go from high school straight into the NBA. 
the day of his tryouts, he decided, I mean, the two days before his tryouts, he said he needed a little something to help him get over his anxiety. So he goes to the house. He gets his fix. He jumps up and says, I need to go to my tryouts. But the problem was, the tryouts was a week ago. And so he missed his tryouts for an opportunity to be in the NBA. He got so depressed because he missed his tryouts, he became a heroin addict and end up not even being able to play in the NBA. And everybody that they interviewed talking about this individual said that Michael Jordan would not have had anything on this person. But he went in the wrong direction. And so we look at this young man who decided that I'm going to be different. I'm going to tell my dad I wish you was dead. Give me my money now. Dad gives it to him. He sits there looks at his money. And the Bible says a couple of days later he says, I can't even hang out here. I need to go somewhere else. It didn't say that he went to from Simpsonville to Greenville. Didn't say he went from Simpsonville to Traveler's Rest. It didn't even say he went from Simpsonville to Charlotte. It said he went to a far country. He went from Simpsonville to Taiwan. He went from Simpsonville to Thailand. He went far away. I'm just going to go and have myself a good time. Well, let me tell you something about happiness. Happiness depends on what's happening. And so if it ain't happening, then you're probably not going to be happy. But joy depends on Jesus. Knowing that you have confidence in Jesus giving you the fulfillment that you need in order to be successful in your daily life. Somebody better say amen on that one because I like that myself. That came all of a sudden. Thank you, Lord. And so we got to know that happiness just depends on your circumstance. Joy comes from having that inner knowledge of who Jesus is in your life and how he is able to give you victory in the midst of every situation. That's why he says, I come that your joy may be full, complete, entire. That's why he came. So this young man decides that he's going to go and it says that he ends up spending all his money and this is how the enemy will work on you. Cause you to spend up all your money and then send poverty throughout the area that you're in. Remember this is a young Jewish young man. The only job that he could find was working with pigs. He ain't even supposed to be touching pigs. And he's sitting around there out there. Have y'all ever been around a pigsty? That joker, let me tell you. It don't just stink. It stink. All right? It smells awful. He's in the middle of that. And he is so deprived. He is in such a bad state. He, I worked in, when I was in the military, I had the opportunity to be a drill sergeant. I had to take some of my soldiers to work KP. And what we would do is, once we got done feeding the meal, 
any of the leftover food, we would dump it into these barrels. And we would dump all this food into these barrels. And I mean, it's just whatever we had left over would be dumped into these barrels. And so I had to ask the KP guy, I said, hey, um, sir, what, what, what do we do with these barrels? He said, they, uh, we have a farmer who comes and picks this food up in a slop for the hogs. And so it, we were throwing all kinds of stuff. We throw paper in there. We throwing all kinds of stuff in there. And he, the guy said, oh, yeah, they'll eat it. Whatever is in here, they'll eat it. So, I mean, whatever. And it, he wasn't picking it up every day, just so y'all know. So the barrel's sitting there, it's fermenting, all that other good stuff. You know what I'm saying? He come, we had to seal the barrels up, he loaded up on his truck, and he'd feed it to the hogs. So this young man sitting out there, and these barrels are coming to him, and he has to dump them into these troughs for the hogs to eat. Now let me tell you how, how deprived, how, how desperate he was. It says that he was looking at the hogs' food and was considering eating what the hogs were eating. I'd say he was kind of in a low state of affairs. And then the old preachers would, would start tuning up at this time. He said, but then he came to himself. Some of us say he looked in the mirror and the reflection that he saw was not what he wanted to see. And he had a reflection back or introspection where he looked back and he said, the servants at my daddy's house eat better than this, smell better than this, live better than this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and apply for a job at daddy's house. Got his stuff, huh? Found a way to leave from Thailand to get back to Simpsonville. Walking down Fairview Road. And as he turns into the subdivision, and as he starts getting close to the house, starts going through his mind, I'm going to tell him I have sinned against you and I sinned against heaven. I ain't even worthy to be your son. And just make me. One of your servants. Just put me on the staff. I, can, I know I'll be able to eat better. I'll be better if you just put me on the staff. He comes around the corner, and the house is all the way down at the end of the cul-de-sac, and he's, he's, he's about, about half a mile away, and all of a sudden he sees one of the servants coming after him, probably think he's a beggar going to run him off. But as he walks closer, and he sees a person running, and he sees him running. He said, man, that guy sure looks familiar. And as he gets closer, he realizes his father coming towards him. Now, just to provide some oversight to this situation, the only way that the father would know he was coming was to be what? Looking for him. His father was hoping that even through this situation that everything would work out and that he would come and come back home to where he needed to be. His father runs up on him and grabs him, stinking, smelling like pig, hugging on him, loving on him. And he did not forget what he said he was going to do. He began to say, Dad, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. Just make me 
a servant. He takes him back to the house. I guess he's imagining, I wonder if, if, if I'm going to be able to be in the main house or whether I have to sleep in one of the lower level servant's house. And he walks into the house and he says, hey, go get the robe. Not just a robe, go get the robe. Hey, go get the, the ring. Go get, this boy ain't got shoes on. Get this boy some slippers. Calls the chef and he says, go ahead and go ahead and pull out the calf that has been fatted up for a party. We're going to have a party today. In the midst of all that, the sun gets cleaned up and he's in there probably feeling a little bad, feeling a little down by the fact that I have really disrespected my father. But he's enjoying the party. The oldest son, because I want to make this note to you, it says if y'all look at the 11th verse, or I think it's the 12th verse, I don't, have, I don't have my verses in front of me, but it says that he gave his inheritance to the son. He didn't just give it to the younger. He gave the older some money too. <laughs> now, let me explain something to you. The way the process worked for every dollar that any of the other children got, the firstborn got two. He got double what everybody else got. Actually, if it was more than two, he got half of their father's inheritance and the rest of them had to divide whatever was left over. So for this demonstration though, he got two-thirds and baby boy got one-third. So he had two-thirds of the money and he stayed with dad and he was out in the field probably overseeing the property. He's coming back from a long hard day and he hears music going on and he decides that, let me go find out what's going on. Servant comes up to him and says, hey, sir, he says, what's going on? Oh, we're having a party, sir. Well, well why y'all having a party? Baby boy just came back. What the, and I can't say this because this is a Christian thing right here, but uh, you know, I'm quite saying he said some choice words that the, F, the FCC may not allow us to have on broadcast. I'm quite sure he probably walked around outside, walking around in a circle, calling his dad everything, calling his brother everything, calling everybody everything. And the servant probably ran in there and said, Sir, uh, firstborn out there, he ain't happy. Tell him to come on in here and party with us. No, sir, I, I, I don't want to walk back out there. Dad comes out there and says, Hey, what's going on? What is Dad, what's going on? How can you do this? How? I ain't called you one. You know, you know what's up. When you get mad at somebody else, you forget everything you did. And you know how you do that? When you get mad at somebody else, you forgot about all the stuff you did. You just want to point out everything. Baby boy did this. Baby boy did. You know, and you. He said, I stayed with you all this time. I ain't did nothing wrong. I've done all. I don't want to put him out there too far. But he says, but 
The ungratefulness of the older brother is just as bad as the arrogance of the older, I mean of the baby. Just as bad because he sat right there in the midst and saw his father's heart but did not see the heart of his father. He looked at, he was around there. He had twice as much and he just sat there. And what did the dad say at the end? He said, wait a minute, I don't, I don't understand why you, this is all yours. This is yours. Why are you acting like this? You could have had four or five parties. You could have, this is all yours already. But he had to feel a certain kind of way because he didn't understand the benefit of what it was that he had. He just thought dad gave him some money. He didn't understand that, the God, that his dad was giving him what his, not what his doer was, but what his gift was from his father. He gave it to him ahead of time. He didn't believe that his father cared for him. How can you say that? Because look how he talked to his father. Look, how you going to do this? He did not understand. If I gave you a goat, it was your goat already. So why are you mad because you ain't getting no goat? Because his focus was not on understanding where he stood. His thought was, he left me, and now I got to do all this myself. It's yours. Do with it what you will. It was yours from the beginning. So we really see how messed up his mindset was. Let me finish up with saying this. Let's say we have an imaginary person named Fred. And we give Fred a fully loaded Corvette. And we say, Fred, this car is fully loaded. All you need to do is to look through the manual and make sure that you understand all the features of your car. Now, whose car is it? It's Fred's car. Fred, we're going to take care of your insurance. It's already paid for in full. This is your car to drive around. Brand new Corvette. Let's even make it fire engine red, because that's the one that, you know, that's the one that costs the most. Twelve, we, 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 you know, it, it, it's fully loaded. And let's, let's look at Fred going through the manual. And he says, oh, man, this thing got power windows. Them things break. Man, this thing got a 755 horsepower engine. Them things known to, to break, the, the head gaskets known to go out in them things. Man, I got to put premium gas in this thing. Premium is expensive. And he goes through all the features of the car and finds a reason not to be happy about any of them. 
isn't that something about how his attitude causes him to be in a state whereby he's never satisfied? What is it that you've been given with no strings attached? And you looked at every reason not to be happy with it. Some folks it's a spouse. Some folks it's children. Some folks it's a job. What is it that you're looking at and finding everything wrong instead of being content knowing that God has you? And if he has you there for a purpose, he also has you there for a reason. And celebrating that he has enough faith in you to do what he's called you to do in that environment. Let's not have the Bob mentality. But let us be content in every situation. And know that because God's got us, we ain't got nothing to worry about. Although the situation may be hard, may, the hours may be crazy, and that, and that everything may be in a bad state at the present moment, if we trust God that he will bring us through and show us his glory. So we have to realize that misunderstanding God's goodness keeps us from being thankful. We can act like the younger brother getting so fixated on the things of God that we get angry when, we, when he does not give us everything that we want. We can act like the other brother and seeing God's blessings as a burden and not appreciate what he's doing. We have to adjust our perspective to remind ourselves to be thankful for the blessings that God has given us. We must remind ourselves that behind every good gift is a loving father who wants to show his love with the gift he gives. The Bible says it like this. He says, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the father of lights who has no variableness or no shadow of turning. If, it's, if God gives it to you, it's going to be all good. When we feel ungrateful, we should pause and ask him to show us how his gifts can teach us how to love him. And we have to walk in the content life. The Bible says that contentment with godliness is great gain. And so we have to have that mentality, change our perspective to celebrate that God has blessed us in order that we can be a blessing to him and to others. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the example of these two sons that could all, almost be one person at different stages of life. And we ask, God, that you're, by your spirit that you will convict us to walk in a righteous mindset and that we will do as you have called for us to do, that we will be content and understand that every good and perfect gift comes from you. 
and that you are not trying to hide, hide anything from us, hurt us with anything, but that everything will bring glory to your name. Give us the mindset of joy and not just of happiness, that we will walk in Jesus and not only not in circumstance. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.